Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Many blessings to you and all your children and, of course, your husband today. We are carrying on with our passage in Jeremiah chapter 29, and I have Nadia Mutana with me again today, and uh, you're going to enjoy, I know you enjoyed her last week, and uh, I know you'll be enjoying her again today. Um, Now, in this passage, uh, here God, the, the God of the heavenly armies, is telling his people, even though they are in exile, that he wants them to keep doing the things that he originally gave them in the very beginning. God's plans never, ever change. Everything that God says is unchangeable. We have to get that into our very being. I I don't know how it is that some people think that God writes something and, well, maybe he changes it. Maybe it doesn't fit for our Uh, you know, 21st century. Uh, But, oh no, God cannot change. It is impossible, for he is God. Mm -hmm. So everything he writes, what he wrote in the beginning, is for every generation. So we read, in fact, I might read this passage to you today. I usually read from King James. Can I read it to you from the Common English Bible? And it says, the Lord of heavenly forces, the God of Israel, proclaims to all the exiles I have carried off from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down, cultivate gardens and eat what they produce, get married and have children. Now we're up to the next one. It's number four. Then... Help your sons find wives and your daughters find husbands in order that they too may have children. Increase a number there so you don't dwindle away. Promote the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because your future depends on its welfare. Don't let the prophets and diviners in your midst mislead you. Don't pay attention to their dreams. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I didn't send them, declares the Lord. And so we see that we're up to number four and God's still talking about children. And this time, instead of saying marry and have children, he's saying, okay, now make sure you get grandchildren. (laughs) Yes, and um, what did this particular... Uh, translation say again let me go back to it it says here (coughs) yes help your sons find wives that's very proactive isn't (laughs) it if that's a little bit opposite uh, to the way we think today even in the church uh, mostly parents are not 
helping their sons and daughters to get married. Um, some other translation says, <clears throat> let your children get married. Oh, goodness me. I think that applies to some parents because it's okay if they meet their um the one God has given to them when they're maybe 26 or older or something. Oh, yes, they're ready to get married. Oh, but what if they meet them at about 17 or 18? Oh, are you going to let them get married? Well, that's what the Bible says. And in fact, back then in Bible days, they married young. <clears throat> they weren't old when they got married. They married young. Now, the statistics reveal that the age for marriage is getting older and older. So that now, uh, here in America, it's 29 years for men and 28 for women. That's getting old. And do you notice all those beautiful childbearing years in your 20s have all been wiped out? Oh, the devil is very good at that because he knows our fertility decreases as we get older. Mm. And in those prime years, if he can keep people from marrying, especially his people, because this is in the Christian mm -hmm. church, couples in the Christian church, it, I, it saddens me when they get together and they just keep on just hanging out together and they just don't get married. What, what's the story? But what about, as I asked, if they are even younger, do we let them get married? Well, no, not if it is not the right one. But if it's a godly young man or a godly young woman and you know that is the right person for your daughter or son, of course you let them get married. That's not, not too young to get married. That's the biblical age to get married, or even younger in Bible days. <clears throat> so we need to get with the word. In fact, it says here, to help uh, your sons and your daughters to find the right one. We're meant to be proactive because God wants our children to get married. He wants us to raise them for marriage. Many parents today, even in the Christian world, are not raising their children for marriage. They're raising them for their careers. They're raising them to get everything that they can materially. But they're not really raising them with a vision for marriage and for raising a family. Because no young man or woman is ready for marriage if they're not ready to embrace children. Because that's what you do when you get married, according to the word right here. Marry and have children. And then get your children to marry and have children so you can have grandchildren. <laughs> yes, any grandmothers listening today? How many grandchildren do you have? Are you actively encouraging your grandchildren to get married? Oh, this is all God's heart because he loves a couple coming together. It's a beautiful thing. It's all God. Right in the very beginning, what does it say? And God brought the woman to the man. God did it. And God still does the same today. He delights in bringing the woman to the man. 
It's a God thing. It's a miraculous thing. I was just talking to our above Ruby's helpers around the table the other night and saying, you know, girls, this is a miraculous thing. When I think about how did my husband and I get together, well, yes, I saw him and yes, my heart fluttered, but, you know, really, it was God. God did it. Could have been with some other guy, but no, God just caused my heart to flutter for this guy. What about you? (laughs) God. (laughs) Yes, it's God. When you look back, it is God. It's miraculous. It's God. Yes, he does it. Yes, I'm thinking, here's Arden here recording for us. God brought Esther to him. She was one of our above Ruby's girls. And uh, she came all the way from Cana. But she had come all the way from China previously because she was adopted from there. But he was only very young. But he took one look and he knew that was the one God had for him. We all witnessed it too. So they married young and they have been so blessed. So let's get with God. Amen. Now, what does the next thing say? Okay, number five, keep increasing in the land of your exile and do not diminish. Do you get God's heart? Some other translations say, don't decrease, don't dwindle away. No, we've got to increase, multiply. That's what the word says in the very beginning, be fruitful multiply and fill the earth. We are to multiply. Um, I was just recently watching the news and it was about the, um, the race uh, between the Democrat and the, the um, Republican in Ohio. And the caption read on the screen, they are neck and neck. It was such a close race. But you know what? We're not meant to have neck and neck races. No, never meant to be neck and neck because God's people are not to be neck and neck with the spirit of the world. God's people are to be more and mightier. Yes. Now, did I tell everybody you were with us today? Oh, yes, good. Yes. <laughs> oh, good. You're going to hear from Nadia soon, especially when we get on to a certain subject in one minute. But let me just uh, read this in Exodus. Yes. <clears throat> Back in Exodus, the children of Israel were just under the domination of the Egyptians mm-hmm. and their lives were hard with bondage and, and bitterness. And oh, goodness me, if you ever saw the Ten Commandments, you see what they were going through. And yet, in the midst of it all, it says, and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty. And the land was filled with them. And uh, verse 9 says, and the people of the children of Israel were more and mightier than the Egyptians. Well, that really scared them. Now, do we scare the um, the people who uh, are not with God? Do we do we scare them today? No, nope. we don't scare them much at all. 
we're not really much of a threat to them, and yet we're meant to be a threat. God's people are meant to be a threat. Now, the children of Israel were a threat. They were more and mightier, so the Egyptians were scared of them. So they afflicted them. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Now, help, here we are. Just in this cushy lifestyle, we have everything so easy here in America, and we can't even multiply in good times. They were multiplying in persecution, bitter, hard times of bondage. Mm -hmm. But they still obeyed. And this is what God wants. Oh, we've got to get out of being victims of the, uh, the lies and the propaganda of the enemy who has deceived the people of God to limit their families. This is the lie of the devil. This is the plan of the devil because the devil knows that his greatest threat is the people of God and more godly children that are born into this world, the more it, it is a threat against him and what he wants to do because the more of God comes into the world and uh, we fill the land, not just with people, we're filling it with God's image, with his truth, with his salvation, with his mercy, with his love. This is what we are meant to do and we are being uh, we are giving a righteous vote. This is one of the very important things. Oh, and we are coming up to uh, the end of this year to our midterm elections. And I believe that every God-fearing believer has to get out and off their bottoms and vote because, oh my, there is such, a, such antagonism and there's such hate and there's... There's such desperation for the left to win these elections because they want to take back everything that our president has been doing. And we are in a very blessed time when so many laws have been changed and we are having so many freedoms again. And God is so good and we have a window of opportunity. But oh, may God save us from being neck to neck. May God raise up his people that we will be more and mightier than the Egyptians. What Amen. do you say? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yes, we dare not. Dare not diminish. We dare not dwindle away. We dare not decrease. But what happens next? Oh, this is amazing. Number five. Yes. And then it says, And seek the peace of the city where I have carried you to, and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof you shall have peace mm -hmm. now here's another command dear ladies mm -hmm. we've been talking about prayer and some of our podcasts but god specifically says come on now don't forget to pray mm -hmm. you're not in your beloved land now you're exiles but you pray for where you live yes and uh, i'd like nadia to just share a little bit about this because as a family they are prayer warriors and I'm challenged by their life of prayer and fasting. And uh, I specifically wanted 
Nadia to be on this podcast. Nadia, tell us, just tell us what you do in your family to pray and, and what, how do you feel about prayer? How important it is in your family? Well, prayer is very simple. Um, we're told if my people will humble myself. The only thing that keeps us from prayer is pride. The recognition that I need God causes me to pray. So when a family is no longer calling upon God, they think they have it right. They have it all God figured. I don't need you, God, in my life. But when we realize how we need him, we will call upon our God. And when we realize that, we also recognize that our children need him and will need him. Therefore, they must be equipped to know how to pray for the things that will come around their lives. So prayer is I think is very essential, just as air is essential, just as doors are essential in our, in our home. We lock our doors, right? Nobody just leaves out and allows anything to come in your home. And prayer is that shield. It's what we use to spiritually, physically, emotionally cover our family. Mm. So. And how have I know you and Patana love to pray, but how have you taught your children to pray? Well, it started off, so one, I, again, you can only give what you have. So exactly. we did it before they were ever born. Amen. So yes. I would rise up early um, when my husband was going to work. Um, that's when, he, before ministry. I would get up early. He would be going by five. So I would get up at four o'clock to have that hour or time in prayer with him before we started a day. Now, when the children came mm. along, it's different uh, I when couldn't the children come, yes. But then you want to find time, mm. even in our family devotions, yes. to allow time to pray. Amen. Amen. That it's not, okay, we got the word, but we got to even pray for that word to get in our heart. Amen. The Bible says if we just hear and don't do, we deceive ourselves. But yet we know we can't do it on our own, right? Mm. So the other major thing I was thinking about the other day, they grew around prayer. Just as important as going to church was for us, yeah. prayer meetings are just that important. Yes. So Amen. since they were little, okay, we went to church. For the service, but we also went to church for prayer meeting. So when you're a part of a church <laughs> that has a prayer meeting, which are yes. very few nowadays, I know. get your children there. Amen. Right? Because that communicates it. an importance that it's important. And mm. those prayer meetings are usually on weeknights. Yes. And it's late, but that yes. is an important thing for us. Yes. They, I had to readjust, and they yes. went to bed late, but it communicated to them, it is important to call on this God yes. that we serve. That's a wonderful thing, I think, about homeschooling. You can go to a prayer meeting, you can take your children, and even if it's late, and if they have to sleep in in the morning, well, mm. who cares? They have been doing something so powerful the well, night before. others who don't homeschool, they still take them to sports events oh, and still show right. up now which one is important. I know. <laughs> I am such a great believer in having children um, in prayer meetings. We, you know, we have a prayer meeting mm -hmm. here every Wednesday night, and uh, we encourage all the grandchildren to come. In fact, usually there's more children in our prayer meetings than there are adults. And so often Colin will say uh, at the beginning, now, come on, children, all the children pray first, because some of them will go to sleep as the, mm -hmm. as the prayer meeting goes on, mm -hmm. especially the little ones. So we get them praying first so That's they right. get their prayers in. But mm -hmm. you only learn to pray by, by praying. praying. There is no other exactly. way. But the thing I say, some people say, oh, okay, we don't have. So when, because we travel a lot as a family. So when we're in a place and there's no prayer meeting to be found, we always open our home for a prayer meeting. Yes. So 
Facts. We just open up, invite who can, and when they don't show up, we still have our own family prayer time. Exactly. But we make yes. it a priority. So. Amen. Yes. And so your children love to pray. Well, yeah. Well, because as you pray, you mm. only you, you grow to love prayer because yes. you see the results of prayer. That's right. Yes. Can you maybe tell us any special, um, you know, answers? To, well, I know you've had so many. Can <laughs> you can you isolate one or two and think <laughs> of them? Well, just even on the way coming, I yes. was just sharing a testimony because we are praying for specific finances. Uh, we just started a TV ministry and we needed finances to come because we just did a recording to pay for it. So they were like, oh, we woke up at night. And my older son is, I woke up at night around three and I heard you talking. I said, yeah. He's like, wow, you stayed up that late. I said, no, I went to bed. The Lord gave me a dream and I woke up to pray about it. So he's like, oh, what was it? And so I was sharing. But I said, before I went to bed, the Lord had answered our prayer. As somebody sent in five uh, money to pay for the recording. He's like, you did? Because we had been praying about it. So they already saw that 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 provision or from things to sickness you know we we had a son break a leg and had a cast on and we they said it would be five weeks before he could heal and even then we'll see if it's healed properly well at that time my belly was this big and and this one was a two-year-old and needed to be carried around with the cast you know and i the, the, and he was potty trained, so he didn't want to go back in the diapers. He wants to be carried here and there. And that was heavy. As I did it, I began to get contractions. And I was about eight, eight weeks prior, and I didn't want to go premature. We don't have a family around. <laughs> so I, I began to cry out. I called my husband. He was at work. I can't do this. I'm having contraction. If I keep carrying this baby like this, we will have a premature baby. So he came home for lunch, and we said, the word of God is true. He doesn't change. Let's agree that the same word who says, by his stripes, we God heals. We're going to agree for healing. So we lay hands on him. We got our, our, our four-year-old then, Jeremiah, five-year-old, five-year-old. We all agreed, laid hands on him. And now we say, now we are believed. The Bible says when we believe it's done, let's get him to the hospital. We went to another hospital again, another emergency closer by. We had taken him the day before. That's when they put a cast. So we went to another hospital, wisdom, <laughs> different doctors. And we waited there. And while I was there, I'm having contractions. Actually, I was the one laying down on the bed because I'm having contractions. <laughs> and the doctor comes in and he says, what's going on? I say, it's not me, my baby. I need you to take the cast off. He said, I can't do that. This cast just got on yesterday. It's, you need five weeks for the leg today. I said, no, please. I need you to take it off. Look at me. So we pray that God will move his heart to go past his natural understanding, his medical understanding, and get the cast off. So we pray, pray. He finally gave in, and he said, I am going to take it off just because I know you'll be back before this day is done, begging me to put it back on because he'll be in so much pain. You will come back today, I guarantee, and we'll put it back on. We say, no, we will not come back. In the name of Jesus, you take it off, and we thank you. So my off they went, and they used the machine. Oh, my goodness. You think they're going to cut off his leg, you know, <laughs> to get it off. They get off. The whole time he's saying, he's going to be in pain. It's going to be horrible. My husband's contracting. No, he's going to be fine. He gets it off. He's like, oh, okay. The boy sat still, but prayer worked. And then he said, okay, wait until I touch it. He's going to scream. My husband said, he's going to be fine. So he touches the place, no pain. He squeezes, the boy's fine. He cannot believe it. Put the boy down, the boy walks. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we were so in a shot, we didn't even stay to witness to him because we were thinking, let's get out before they think what just happened. <laughs> So we took off and we kept the 
appointment in five weeks with a specialist. We showed up, and the boy's playing outside in the, ho- in the hallway waiting. And the doctor comes and said, where is Samuel? I said, right there. No, 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 where is Samuel with, with the broken leg? I said, right here. No, 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 that can't be the same boy. So she didn't believe us, took the same x-rays. Well, you know, when the bone is healed, it still shows where you got hurt. And the only way she could believe is by looking at second x-rays. I don't know what happened. I can see that this is where he was broken and it's healed. I don't know what you did. We say, well, Jesus healed him. Praise so he ha- they have testimonies like that. Yes, that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, you were saying how Jeremiah, your oldest, he just turned 13 yes, a week Lord, ago. Yes. And um, you told me how, can you believe this? As a 13-year-old, he spent his birthday praying and fasting. And was that his idea? Um, well, you as mothers, you encourage. Yes, I <laughs> we had you actually, put the idea we, as a family, mind. we had been on a 21 day fast. So we were going to finish it uh, shortly after his birthday. And we were just doing a Daniel fast. Yes. So I said to him, don't you think, you know, being 13, because biblically at search, they thought it was a man, you know. Some people believe Joseph, uh, Jesus was born when Joseph and Mary were around that age. So I said, that's a big responsibility. Don't you think you need to seek God, Father, and find out what he has for you? He said, yeah, I was actually thinking about that. And maybe you need to do a deeper fast than we do. He's like, oh, yeah, I was thinking that. So he picked a day, two days before his birthday, and he just went to be with the Lord and find out, God, what plan do you have for me? Wow. So he just went out onto the land? and uh, Well, I cleared his schedule, and yes. um, he woke up early. He was in his room um, mm. just praying and fasting through the day. So How wonderful. Praise the Lord. I, I think we should actually... And out of that came the message God gave him. Now he's starting a podcast to minister the word to young people because God gave it to him very clearly. So Yes, and that's what he felt in his heart. Isn't yeah, that God amazing? gave him a message. While God was giving him a message, he mm. told me about a podcast. So he didn't know how he's going to go about it. So for his birthday, I said, the Lord asked me to tell you that it's time for you to begin, that I, I sh- we should let you start a podcast. He's like, oh. Because he gave me a message, and I didn't know how I was going to give the message. <laughs> so wow. it came all together That's well. So, so wonderful. He'll be starting that soon. I, I, think, um, I think we should get Jeremiah and just get him to say something. That's it's nothing perfect. like hearing from a young boy whose heart is for God. Okay, let's go and find him, shall we? Yes. Yeah, okay. Now, here is Jeremiah. He's just turned 13 years of age. I think it would be lovely for you to hear from him. Now, Jeremiah, okay, you're 13 now, and uh, this is, if you were a young Jewish boy, you will be becoming a man now. Yes, so what's on your heart? What is God putting on your heart at this age of your life? Um, to just love him and love people, and, well, just talk with him, oh, like, any time of the day, like before I go to bed, I always uh, just pray a little bit before I go to bed and hear from him, it, which is a really good thing that I like and also love people. Yes, and uh, I know that uh, you love to pray. In fact, don't you, um, as a family, don't you pray and fast on Fridays? Um, my dad prays the whole night on Friday nights. Yeah. Really? And uh do you children ever join him for any part of it? Uh, yeah. Well, when we were younger, he, he one of the motivations was we'd get a treat after we prayed with him in the middle of the night. 
But as we got older, well, the treats kind of went away, but we still wake up and pray with him for a little bit. You do. So if you wake up, you'll go out and pray with your dad. Yeah. That's so wonderful. And your mum was telling me how that on your birthday or for your birthday that you um, put it aside to pray and fast. Tell yeah. us how that went. Uh, I was really hungry. But you were really <laughs> hungry, were you? <laughs> yeah. But, that, but I think it was worth it. They got to hear what God wanted to tell yeah. me and Wonderful. what he wanted me to do. Yeah. Yes, and she's saying that you'd even like to start a podcast to talk to young people. Uh, yeah. The, well, my parents, for a birthday gift, they gave me the chance to do a podcast. Yeah. Wow, that is so wonderful. And okay, so what what would you really like to talk to them about? Um, about being God's child. Yes, but you'll have to say more than that. Yeah, what well, would being you? in the kingdom of God. Yeah, and you'd have to say more than that. Um, well, that's basically it to me. You'll, you'll, you'll be seeking God as to what to say. Yes. And how to encourage them. Yes. That's so great. Thank you so much, Jerry Meyer. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Okay. Okay. Time is going again. And uh, we really, perhaps I could just mention to you the last point, which was number seven, don't be deceived. And when God said that, he didn't say don't be deceived by the Babylonians mm. amongst your living, but don't be deceived by the prophets who are in the midst of you. Uh, we just can't just be gullible and just take everything that anybody says, even in the body of Christ, even in the church. We've got to seek God and his word for truth. Amen. Now, if we do these seven things, we get the most wonderful promise. And it's verse 11, mm -hmm. which so many people love. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, so many, they take that promise. They take it for themselves, but they don't realize it comes at the end of those seven things God gave. As we mm -hmm. obey those seven uh, commandments that God reminded them about, then he says, then you'll have a future and mm -hmm. a hope. Isn't mm -hmm. that good? Okay, we've got to pray. All right, we'll both pray again. Mm -hmm. Oh, Father, I just thank you for the precious, precious ladies listening today. And I ask that your uh, blessing will come upon them in their homes. Oh, Father, give them a heart for prayer, Give them a heart to seek after you. Help them to be a family with a passion for God, a passion for prayer, a passion to seek your face, and a passion, oh God, to lead others uh, to your ways to save us from wanting to just be like everybody else. Help us to be those who are truly set apart for you and following your ways. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you for these promises you've given us in your word and instruction. Mm. Father, mm. I'm just reminded, uh, just you know, because person we might have a desire to pray. Peter mm. had a desire to pray. When Jesus took those disciples in the garden, they had a desire to pray, but they could not pray. He mm. said, can you not even pray for one hour? 
They needed something. They needed to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mm. But we see in Acts that when they received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2, and they were empowered, they were able to become men of prayer. Them who couldn't pray a little bit when Jesus needed them became people of prayer that influenced nations. So, Lord, I pray for these ladies and their homes, oh God, Mm. that they will have an encounter with you, that they will be filled with your Holy Mm. Spirit as the book of Acts. We we see what happened to the church and out of there they will be empowered to pray because your word tells us we know not how to pray. But the Holy Spirit prays for us, interceding for us with groanings that cannot be added. So we need the help of your Holy Spirit to pray for us and for our children in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Blessings to you today. In that home.